This is the Funky Gamer Podcast. Hello, hello, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Funky Gamer Podcast, a gaming podcast from a bunch of wannabe somebody yet still nobody British dudes who think they know stuff. I'm your host, Ricky James, and this is episode 26. As E3 has passed us by, we'll actually have a bonus episode dropping this week to go in-depth into Microsoft conferences that we recorded last week. Today, though... That seems like a lifetime ago now. It was, but I'm, I'm, we, are, we will not waste our time. I'm going to release that episode. Plus, it's an additional episode. That's good. That's good. We sat and talked for hours during that one. Yeah, we, well, it's about 90 minutes total. I don't think the podcast itself runs quite that length, but it's a long one. But it goes into literally everything that Microsoft revealed at their E3 conference. So check it out if you fancy that. Yeah. Today, though. We are actually going to be talking about the other conferences that took place, as well as uh, the more recent Google Stadia stuff. So it's mainly three related, of course, and it is our standard episode for this week. Alongside me, as you've probably heard, because we're still Daveless, please welcome Mr. Chris Wright. Hiya. Be thou hollery. You've got to let me fuck with swear word. Do the thing. Come on. You know how it works now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm trying to throw you off. It's fine. Don't worry. I did, still did my ye old Victorian. Are you okay? I know you did. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. A little bit sleep deprived, but yeah, I'm here, here, and I'm okay. I'm alive. You work in retail. You can't be sleep deprived. Yeah, well, yeah, I did a late shift yesterday, and I did an early shift today, so I, that equates to about what four and a half hours sleep ish. That's kind of your fault, but anyway. Yeah, partly. You're still partly, alive, but, and you're here with us. Yeah, I think I am. Well, that's good news. Shall we actually start the show and dive into the things that we've been playing over the last week or so? Yes, I think we should. Let us do just that. What are you playing? I'm going to go first, because I never do. Okay. Because uh, I never do, right? No, you do. That's true. Yeah. And I'll let you go second. So there's a, a couple of big games that I've been playing since we last spoke about these. In order, to a degree, I've been playing some Borderlands Dus, Dos, or 2, okay. depending on where you're from. And it's good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, yeah, I don't know what caused me to just pick it up because, like, I was ba- I was part way through the first Borderlands game, so there's absolutely no reason for me to just go ahead and start this. But I did. You just decided to start two, forget one, and just started on two. Basically, in my head though, I was thinking maybe two is I don't want to say easier, but Borderlands one is notoriously quite a difficult game, especially to like level through. Yeah. So I. I thought to myself, maybe this will be different. And it is, it is different. It's, I'm finding it a lot easier to blast through the stuff. It's good fun, it's more recent. Yeah, and Borderlands 3 is coming out soon, so hype for that. So that's why I've been playing that. Also, actually, I don't know if you remember, when they, it might have been, it was, it was a Microsoft C3 conference. They announced some DLC that was coming out for Borderlands 2. It was like a prequel to the th- new game. Okay. So I thought, well, maybe if I got through Borderlands 2, I could play that. But it turns out you've got to be high level. Ah, uh, there's always a catch. Well, it kind of means that you've got to play through the, the entire game, which is, I suppose, good for them. It is, yeah. But the Handsome Collection, in fact, no, I'm not going to say that. It's in, it's in our podcast, the additional podcast. I'm, I'm not going to spoil that little tidbit. I've also been sp- playing Spider-Man. Uh, I completed it, <laughs> in short. Hey, okay, good stuff. Yeah, so I, I believe it or not, the, would you like to know where my save was? Oh, God, go on. It was on Doc Ock at the top of the tower. 
Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> and un- unlike me, after four months nearly of not playing Spider-Man at all, I just decided to pick it up and go. Well, that must have been tough. It was actually wasn't. It wasn't as tough as I... In fact, I did it within like two attempts. Okay. And I don't know whether... It's weird that, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it speaks to the intuitiveness of the gameplay or whether it, I just looked out. You just mashed some buttons and got lucky. Well, no, because you can't do that. You've got to swing and do stuff. But I know what you're saying. There is a degree of that. Yeah. And yeah, it was it's, it was a good boss fight. It was very cinematic. I have vague memories. Obviously, it was a while ago since I completed the game. But I have vague memories because I've been through all the DLCs since as well. Well, this is the other thing. I've been playing through the DLCs as well. Okay. I'm about halfway through the second piece of DLC. So I've done the Black Cat opener. Cool. I like her. Yeah, yeah, she's she's good. She's also very seductive. Indeed. Considering she's a 3D render and I should have no thoughts on the subject whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but she is fit. Yeah, 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 let's leave that there. I, uh, I'll tell you what else I've been playing, Chris. Okay, go for it. I got a, I got a PlayStation VR unit. Right, yes, I remember you texting me about this the other day. Yeah, so it was... How's that for you? It, it wasn't something I splashed. I'm not in a position, thankfully, but I, through the help of some family members, and it was my birthday recently and some other things, I managed to get a pretty decent deal here in the UK. I paid like £170, I think it was, for the... And this was like a bundle, so you got the camera, which you need, and the VR unit itself, the second-gen model, as well as a code for... I think it's called PlayStation Worlds or something like that. Yeah, that sounds like it's a thing. And it's like a demo reel, if you will. And there's some mad stuff in there. So very, very quickly, I'll give you a couple of examples. There is one where you go down, you descend, you're in the ocean, and you're a diver, and you're in a diving cage. All right. And you descend into the depths. And it's like a, it's only about a 15-minute. All of the demos are around that long, 15, 20 minutes, although some of them have multiple parts. So this one has you descending into the depths of the ocean and you encounter a shark. That's all I'll tell you. No, but that's fun. Yeah, it's, man, I'm not just saying it. Like, I was grinning from ear to ear. I was, because <laughs> I actually felt a sense of terror. Okay. In this sense. And it's, it's crazy. Like, the only missing element is the ability to physically f- touch things and know what, and be, you know, have that responsive feedback from what something feels like when you touch it. Yeah. Aside from that, if you can kind of get that out of your mind, or the game doesn't require it, you can completely convince yourself that what you're seeing is 100% real because of the way the head tracking works. It's awesome. And they, they, there's one uh, little demo called The London Heist. Have you heard about this at all? No, I haven't. So you take on the role of a gangster, and like there's, a, uh, it's, there's like four or five parts of it. There's a shooting component, which is fairly intuitive, uh, and you... In my case, I actually use the DualShock controller because the camera can track that. So you move that around and it acts as a, a gun, as it, as it were. Right. Uh, and yeah, there's like these, you, you see like this mini story-based thing where you kind of rob a bank for a duel. And it's really, really cool. Like, and the, okay. it's done in various stages and sections. So you'll have like the opener, you're sat in a bar and this big mafia boss comes in, uh, like London Underground boss, and he's like, he's, I can't remember what he said, he's like, fake Tony's dead, and now we need to go and do this thing to the Russians, otherwise they're going to do us. So it's like, you know, proper, 
Cockney, <laughs> old school style <laughs> London gangs. Lovely. And yeah. it's brilliant. It's seriously good. Now, I really need to have a look into the, the depths of games that you can get for this. And I'm sure there are not that many that are considered brilliant. But for, for what it is and for the price that I got it, I'm glad I did. It's a really enjoyable experience. And it's not like nothing I've ever, I've ever seen, honestly. Well, that's good. That is good. Do you want to tell me what you've been playing? And you can speak for a while. Can I? Okay, that's, that's all right then. Uh, I have obviously been playing Days Gone still, uh, but I actually picked up a couple of new games recently as well. Right. Uh, I picked up a game called American Fugitive on the Xbox Store. Okay, what's that about? It's a top-down sort of GTA-style or old-school GTA-style game. Okay. So you're a guy who's just escaped from prison uh, and you are working with your brother right. to sort out the, the local town and the local gangs and just do all of his his little jobs and little schemes, right? So it's, it does sound like very very much like old school GTA. It is very much so. Yeah, so you go around robbing houses and and picking fights and doing all sorts of things you shouldn't be doing. But it's pretty good fun. I've played a couple of hours of that so far, and yeah, it's shaping up to be quite decent. If not that, I'm guessing it'll get a little bit repetitive a bit further down the line. But for now, I'm enjoying it. Excellent. How much was that, by the way? Is it like a cheapo? That was yeah, fifteen quid on the on the store. Not too bad. Is that, is that a result, as a result, excuse me, of you kind of just browsing the game store for something interesting? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had my eye on it for a while, and I kept thinking and thinking, and I thought, well, during this little games lull, I'll pick up that, because that gives me something to play. But I also picked up Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, on Xbox as well? Yes. Ooh, excellent. I've also got this, as you know. Yes, it's, it's a very nice game. Yeah, man. You're playing it on the X, right? It is. It, lo- it looks good. It, yeah, it looks good. It plays well. Uh, it's pretty much your standard Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. The combat's fun. Uh, but with the RPG elements built in. I'm, I must admit, I'm quite liking it. I'm still playing through that. It wasn't on my games list for this week, so I haven't picked it up probably in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started it this week. I've uh, put a few hours in so far. I've managed to just get off the first island and do a couple of bits. I've got my, my hood on now. Nice. So I look proper. Uh, yeah, I look proper. I look well into character now, which is cool. Did you choose the man or woe man? I chose the man. Nice. Excellent. I, well, I'd be interested to see. Maybe we could have a chat because there's certain points in the story where, without spoiling anything, of course, uh, there, there would be some changes as a result of the sex that you chose at the beginning of the game. Not like anything major. Yeah. But I, I guess in these places, they would swap, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I'm playing as the female, um, and that was purely because I apparently, well, when I read the reviews, believe it or not, most of the reviewers were saying that the, the female is very well voice acted, and I thought, well, you know, in terms of believability and that kind of thing, I'll play as the girl. Okay. It's not because she has boobs, which is what most people was, uh, will probably be thinking. No, of course not. No, my mind never went there. I felt like I had to clarify that point for that reason. No, no, that's, that's fair. That's what I, uh, clearly some people will feel it needed clarification. Have you finished Days Gone? Yeah. <laughs> no. I think I'm getting there. I, I think I'm now at a point where the end is very close because it's now throwing horde after horde at me. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's saying, here's some ammo. Here's, here's your other bits and pieces. Go nuts. So, yeah, I'm thinking I'm at now at that point where, yeah, I should have it finished. I, I'm not going to say this week, maybe next week at the latest. Okay. Well, I'm 
fairly sure you will probably say, as just naturally, if you will. God, yeah. Which is good. Because me finishing stuff doesn't normally happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Although you, let's be honest, probably in the last six, 12 months, at least since we started the podcast, you've been doing all right. So I have, yeah. I, have, I, think, I think I've become more invested in sort of completing things because there was once a time where I'd just bin something off if it bored me or got a bit samey. Yeah. Well, I think that's in service of us and the listener. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my bit. That's awesome, man. Have you been playing anything else? I think that's pretty much been it for my week, you know. With work being as it has been, I think... Oh, I say that. I picked up Gears 4. Oh, did you now? And played an hour... I played up an, Yeah, I played an hour or two on that as well. Nice. I, I really enjoyed that game. Not just saying it. It looks so pretty and it plays nice. Yes, yeah. It, uh, playing uh, playing as one of the the characters in Gears though feels so slow and clunky. I know you're meant to, but after playing like Assassin's Creed and Days Gone and uh, Anthem, even that, yeah. Play going back to playing Gears, you you can you can't half tell the movement difference. No, the, this is true. It the, it's been consistent through all of them, but I know what yeah. you mean when you kind of hold A to run, for instance. Yeah. To get behind, you know, to run to a piece of cover that's on the other side of the room. Yeah. It feels like you're maneuvering a three and a half ton truck. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I know Gears has always the Gears has probably always felt like that, but I've never really noticed it before because I've not had very much to compare it to. Yeah. It's realistic in like for the size of the guys and the armor that they're wearing and stuff. It's not that it's yeah. wrong. It's just different compared to like you say, yeah. things like Anthem and the others. Yeah, that's it. And it it does look nice too. It does look nice on the X. I do, it's so pretty. There is... Yeah, yeah. For a game that's, what, two? Is it two, three years old now? Yeah, it's bordering on nearly, nearly three, I think. I want to say three years old. They've done good. They've done good. There's one mission in that where you are basically chasing a plane. Okay. And it's awesome. You will remember that sequence, and you will remember me mentioning it when you play it. I will. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> well, then, in which case, if you've got nothing else to add to your list, I hope you're enjoying Gears 4, by the way, and I hope you complete it, because it's great. I th- yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably apply through a bit more. I've got a week off coming up, so yeah, that will give me a bit more time. That's at the start of July, so yeah, a couple of weeks off, but there you go. Very nice. Well, hopefully you'll get your gaming fill and let us know how you get on as you do. Hope, well, of course. With a bit of luck, we'll still be recording. I don't see why we wouldn't be. We're still here today, <laughs> episode 26, not bad at all. Why don't we move on to the news then, if that is all we have to say about what we've been playing? Yeah, let's. Let's go, 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 go. Funky Gamer, news and discussion. You know, you confuses me when you do that bit. Oh, sorry, the go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, confuses me every time. I do it just because I know it confuses you now, and people that are listening know this. Yeah. Also. But, as I say, we're going to go back in time a little bit because it's been a couple of weeks since we did a full-on proper episode, and some stuff has happened, as well as E3, Google had a big release slash, I don't know, announcement thing. Event. Yeah, an event that was on stream, which seems to be the way these days. This was, of course, in line with their Stadia service that was kind of released last year, although with not much detail. And they just dropped a metric ton of information on pretty much everybody. So I've got some notes here. We'll go through it. We'll have a bit of a chat about the things that they announced. And we'll kind of top it off by kind of giving our thoughts on whether or not we think it's good for each of us individually, say. Yeah, that's fair. Starting with the games then, to be honest with you, 
whilst they could have done a hell of a lot more, like in terms of showcasing certain games that would be on the platform, especially given that E3 was just at that point about to take place, they, they actually had some pretty decent games that they advertised uh, as part of Stadia's launch window, if you will. These are the games, some, some of the games that you'll be able to get when the service launches. So the few that I noted, The Division 2 was absolutely on there, uh, which is good for you. Decent, yeah. And so was Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is the new Ghost Recon game, which isn't out yet. It is not. It is penciled in for later this year, yeah. Yeah, and it was also Stadia was also uh, mentioned a number of times through E3 conferences as well. I'll just add that. There was one game that stood out to me that I haven't seen anywhere else, at least not yet, so I don't know if it's just PC slash Stadia exclusive, if, if you will. It was called Guilt, but it was spelled, okay. it was spelled G-Y-L-T. Right, so they probably should have spell-checked that before releasing it. Yeah, well, mate, it's, you know, let's not be... <laughs> Let's not be too hasty here. After all, the people that made the game may be dyslexic. Maybe, yeah. No, that would be one explanation for it. Nonetheless, though, this was like, it was such, such a, I'm going to use a big word here, juxtaposed. Okay. I don't know. I'd, I'm not going to be uh, pedantic or, you know, assume that nobody knows what that means. But it's where you get kind of one thing that completely offsets another. Right. So it's like when the news is on at five o'clock in the evening, they get you get advertisements for kids' toys because they know kids are around at that time and they're going to bother mum yeah. and dad for them to say. So <laughs> anyway, this is like a scary like horror game, but it's done in a really childish kind of Pixar 3D animated style. All right, and it's so weird because it looks really it looks like a Pixar movie, but it, it, the, some of the stuff I've seen in there in, in the trailer at least was really dark, like really dark. Yeah. So yeah, I, I missed this. This completely passed me by. No, well, this is why I thought I'll just go into some of what I see. You're going to go into more of the Nintendo stuff later because I blanked on that stuff, namely because I don't own yeah. many of Nintendo's hardware and that none. Oh, talking of things, yeah, talking of things that I missed out on. Uh, what's the Death Stranding trailer? Oh right, okay. Let's quickly segue into that. What did you make? And did you did you do it just because you said you would? Yes, I did. I did. I I am probably as confused now as I was before I watched it. It it looks like I don't I don't even know what kind of game it's going to be or or whether it's going to be stealth action RPG I don't know it's just Norman Reedus running through a field with the bag on his back and a massive ladder yes and a really big extendable ladder well yeah it's like we said at that time we'll have to wait and see I'm glad you watched it yeah well I felt I had to you know it's only eight minutes as you said at the time yes well thank you for that. Rather brief interject. It it makes total sense though, whilst you remember. Yes, yeah. Otherwise, it'll just be gone forever. Carry Fair on. enough. Well, thanks for chasing up on it anyway. But nonetheless, <laughs> back to Stadia. That's not going to be on Stadia service. It's a Sony exclusive. Yeah. They announced a controller. There's going to be a Stadia controller, which it just looks like a cross between a PlayStation and an Xbox controller. Does it look like a cheap PlayStation controller? It looks cheap, but I've heard reports from E3 this week that it actually feels really nice to hold. Oh, that's good. And so apparently somebody asked a Google exec that was at, or somebody that was at the event, and they told them that Google plowed like hundreds of millions of dollars of R&D into finding out like what's the right thing to do with these things. So, yeah. How big people's hands are. Maybe. I don't know. These companies go to extreme lengths, would you believe, to try and... I would make this kind of thing. So yeah, there was a controller announced. 
basically Stadia as a service, they went more in depth into where you're going to be able to play it. And in a nutshell, it's anything that runs Chrome. So TVs with Chrome through a Chromecast, for instance, tablets, PCs and laptops. And I'm, I'm going to say phones, but it is exclusive to the Pixel 3 and 3A range on launch. That makes sense. And probably the Pixel 4. But they have said it's going to be coming to other smartphones in the future. But if you've got like a tablet or a PC that will run Chrome, you will be able to run Stadia. That is the, the long and short of it. And they also okay. gave a few technical details with regards to what you're going to need to be able to stream at certain resolutions because they claim to be able to support 4k 60 fps yes which is nuts <laughs> uh, yeah i read that it, uh, it that's gonna eat up a lot of a lot of mag well to be honest with you if, here in the uk we are quite lucky believe it or not we don't have to really worry about internet for the most part you can get pretty good internet coverage wherever you are in the uk right now that's true some places in the world though aren't so lucky so it is going to depend on your location as with anything of this type but I'll give you the brief rundown. This is pretty techy, so we won't hang around on it. 4K 60 FPS, 35 megabits down is what you're going to require. It would be 20 megabits for 1080p and 720p 10 megabits. And these are all 60 FPS. So, you know, there's a fairly large gap between 10 meg and 35. But it, there is. I suppose 20 is a nice kind of even keel and you get 1080p out of that, which is, you know, a good resolution. Yeah, decent. Yeah, decent enough. God. And they've also said that all this will include 5.1 surround as well. I must admit that was the other thing. So it's also audio that they're delivering as well as the gameplay and the 60 FPS stuff. Nice. Uh, they've announced that it will be a $9.99 per month service. Now, we'll, that's not bad when you read it at the face of it. There's a little bit of an addition to that that I'll quickly add on, which is you don't get access to a library of games with the service. So you will sign up for the service, but then you will purchase Assassin's Creed Odyssey for Stadia at the full price, and that goes into your library, and then you can play it anywhere. You are not getting okay. access to like a, 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 a library of games, which is a bit poo. Yeah, a little bit. It kind of devolves the service a little bit. It then makes the $9.99 a month seem uh, a little bit more excessive. There is a Founders Edition. I will quickly add the, the, these last points on here. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember reading about that. This is a $69 thing, and it's basically like a, a... It's a bundle, in essence, and you get a Chromecast Ultra, a Stadia controller, which is a limited edition one. They say it's quote-unquote night blue because Google like cool naming color or color naming conventions. Yeah, of course. You get three months of Stadia included with that, and you also get a pass for three months for a buddy as well. So it's effectively six months. Cool. And then you also get access to what they are calling the complete Destiny 2 experience. Sorry, what? Which is, yeah, it's basically the, the everything that's been released for Destiny 2 up to now. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. No, I know, right? Because <laughs> there's something else coming, isn't there? Well, yes. It actually got announced at the Google Stadia uh, event, believe it or not. Yes, so it did. Yeah. Y- you've got... Everything that you've had up to now with Destiny, including everything that will be included going forward, that being inclusive of the next chapter that was revealed, it's called Shadowkeep. Yes, it is. And that will be arriving to consoles and indeed Stadia in the fall of this year. 
Other than that, 14 countries at launch, UK and Ireland are included. Really can't remember the rest of them. Apologies really didn't make a note, and I probably wouldn't read them out anyway. So go and check Google's <laughs> own information out if you want to see if you're included in that initial launch window as a country. I won't be getting this. <laughs> I don't think I will either. I know a couple of people that have said they will. So I don't know. I'll maybe chase them up at launch and see, see what happens. If you're a PC gamer, I think this is a very it's a decent thing don't get me wrong i wish google would offer some incentive to allow you to import your games from steam in some way maybe for a lesser fee or something like that maybe they'd have to work with the developers of the games to be able to do that yeah there's probably a lot of licensing issues there yeah i i agree i'm making it sound a lot more simple than it actually is but it would be good if they could open discussion with that yeah with regards to that and maybe see whether they can give pc gamers that would otherwise take on this kind of thing the reason I think that is because, as we will, uh, as we alluded to in the Microsoft additional podcast that we've done, Microsoft are releasing xCloud. And for me as a console gamer, that seems more appropriate and appealing Yeah, versus this. Because I already have loads of digital games on my Xbox. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll be getting this. I will be leaning towards Microsoft's solution. But if anybody out there would consider Google Stadia, maybe there's a counter-argument for the whole there's no games included i'd like to know what people think yeah maybe there is maybe we've missed something entirely possible right chris you're going to talk for a while about nintendo stuff because i know nothing about that but that's the wrap for google stadia again if you're thinking about getting it get in touch or maybe if you got some other opinion let us know what you think and we'll plug some stuff at the end of the show or check the show notes for now chris tell us all about the nintendo e3 conference or what you certainly know i actually made some notes you sent me a screenshot. I did, yes. Uh, which I might post to Instagram, actually. <laughs> yes, Chris Chris in makes notes shocker. So here we go. To sum up all the, all the big points from Nintendo's E3 show, which was, I think it was, was it 2 a.m. or something ridiculous? Or was it the 9 p.m. one? Was it, no, it had, no, it had a 9 p.m. slot. I just missed it completely. Maybe. If it, it depends on what times they did it. Did they do it on US time? Probably, in which case. I think they did, yeah. 9 p.m. will have been 5 p.m. Pacific, I think. And then there's like another... Yeah, anyway, it's been and gone. Let's, let's not get muddled up in time zones. We could be here all night. That's true. So, here we go. Uh, Nintendo's E3 conference. They showed us uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, this got delayed. Which has slipped back to 2020. As ma- as many things have in a, a very PR exclusive maneuver. Yes, so uh, Tom Nook's going to have to wait to get his money from you. Maybe, but the little weaselly bugger, Doug Bowser, who I still cannot believe is the president of Nintendo. <laughs> yes, he is. Unbelievable. He has come out and said that this is in favor of giving the devs more time because they don't want to involve themselves in quote unquote crunch. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. They need more time, they need more time. I mean, the Nintendo rarely rush releases, do they? Let's be honest. No, but in, a, in an industry now where crunch is becoming all too common and people are rallying against that, it, it seems like a bit of a PR-y thing to sit around and say, well, we, yeah. we, we've decided to do this because we don't want to, you know, cause our employees to die. Yes, Nintendo knew it was going to come out next year anyway. They, uh, honestly, there was no way, no way they were going to rush it. Well, they aren't doing, and it's it is coming out like next year. So yeah, anyway, you'll have to, yeah you'll have you'll have to wait. Yeah, yeah, next year as most of the things that came out of E3 are doing. Mm. 
Uh, following up to that, uh, as a shock to absolutely nobody, they are actually working on a sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. No. Yes, I know. I know, right? This came completely out of the blue. This was a little teaser right at the end of the show. Uh, it didn't show us very much, obviously, because I'm guessing it's very early in development, and we're going to have to wait another, I'd say another year, maybe two years, before we see anything else on it. How long were they... Because Breath of the Wild was at E3 for may, one, maybe two years running before it was eventually released. Yeah, it was. It was. So I'm guessing we'll see it again at next year's E3, and then maybe the year after they'll release it. Yeah, maybe we'll get like a, a proper full game play segment at E3 next year. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. The, the way Nintendo seems to do things is, is sort of to a pat, you would say. Yeah, sure. I'll have, I'll have to see whether I can watch the little teaser that they dropped, because I didn't see that. I saw some... Panzer Dragoon remake, was it? That's not in my notes. But yeah, maybe. I'm sure that they announced that. Was that a remake or a remaster? Uh, a, well, both, really. It's it, it, Well, it, in that they've had to completely remake the game in order to remaster it. <laughs> okay. Very good of them. At least, at least they're not completely wasting their time. Well, there you go. I've contributed to Nintendo's thing. Yeah, that's very good. Could, yeah, so you said you need nothing. Maybe. A little bit of nothing. A little bit of nothing. Right, moving on. Banjo-Kazooie and the Dragon Quest characters are coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, that, so, yeah. Yeah, so in, in my notes here, I've written great news if you want to play as a bear with a bird strap on. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. I think that might be right up some people's alleys. Are you talking literally and metaphorically? <laughs> so, so, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> in things oh, Chris uh, wishes he hadn't said can we add this one to that list the things R- Ricky wishes he hadn't heard <laughs> it's becoming an extensive list now but it is and to be honest yeah so they're, ad- they're adding those <laughs> they're adding those couple of characters to Super Smash Brothers they're adding stuff all this mate that they're they are becoming as regular as Microsoft with Game Pass updates at this rate. Yeah, yeah. The roster updates for Smash Brothers is now pretty much infinite. They're just picking any characters and just throwing them in there. It's very cool, though, because Nintendo haven't been historically well known for their cooperation, especially outside of Nintendo, with companies outside of Nintendo. And in the last year... No, that's true. Like, with Microsoft, the partnership that they've had with them for Cuphead and a bunch of other stuff. And, like, Panzer Dragoon, I'm pretty sure... A remake came out for Xbox a few years ago? Yeah, I think so. So, like, they are clearly working in a lot of ways with the, all these different companies and developers to get their characters into games like Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good news for, for the devs of any game to be featured in Smash Brothers because it's so huge. Mm, well, then, that's awesome. Carry on. Okay, Luigi's Mansion 3 is coming. And everybody thought Luigi was dead. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it brings us. It gives obviously Luigi a whole new bunch of abilities and brings back a character called Gooigi, which honestly I never thought I'd say. No, me neither. I never thought I'd hear you say Gooigi ever. No, no. Th- yeah, it's it's obviously it it allows uh, Luigi to uh, go into areas where he wouldn't be able to go as a fully formed human. He couldn't do that as a ghost. I know, yeah, it sounded, it sounded even weirder. As, as I carry on speaking about it, it just sounds weirder and weirder. <laughs> Did they give us any information about, like, what they get? Is it, where's it set, for instance? I don't know. They didn't give us any. I don't think they gave us any of that kind of information. They just said it was coming and here's Gooigi. Go for it. All oh, right. Make so, of but that. But it's not in a haunted will. mansion, I'm assuming. 
I don't know, it might well be again. I, I can't see them changing the set that much. Mm, I'm just wondering whether it's going to be like akin to like the Mario World stuff that we've been seeing over the last couple of games that they've done for Mario. Yeah, it's possible. Anything's possible in this day and age. Fans of Luigi rejoice. <laughs> There's not many of them, let's be honest. I'm a Luigi number one. Yeah, those those three fans of Luigi will be very happy that he's getting another game. Yeah, he's like the inferior brother. He really is. There's one in every family. Moving on, Pokemon Sword and Shield. They showed us some more gameplay from from the the well those two titles, which are essentially one game but with different characters. Uh, they showed us a gym battle, which is your pretty standard uh, Pokemon fare, really. There's nothing new there, I don't think. Is it still the same, like two D Pokemon art style, or is it all evolved now? It's still it's still along the same styles. They sort of shift it to two point five D, don't they, these days, to make it look a bit nicer. Yeah, that's very true. I should probably take a look at this. I used to be a massive, massive fan of Pokemon, and in recent years, I've just not cared. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why. Because it's still, I can imagine it still being a lot of fun. It is still essentially the same game, just reskinned for every generation. I think these days. Man, it's hard when you say it like that. It's hard to believe why they're still making money. <laughs> I know. I know. We are Nintendo. We just keep firing out the same games over and over again, just slightly different and hoping nobody notices. Talking of things they're remaking, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is coming to Switch. That's very cool, though. Which was, it was, an- it was announced a while ago. Hmm. Uh, they showed us some new gameplay footage, uh, boss fights, fishing, shopping, and apparently a pesky raccoon. All oh, right. Which will mean something to somebody. If you've played, uh, if yeah, if you've played one of the the previous Link's Awakening version, the, there's apparently a very annoying raccoon. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's better than a smelly raccoon, I suppose. Yes, it is. It is. They they are also adding a dungeon building mode in this game, which should be interesting. Ah, well, I'll tell you what, Nintendo are pretty well known for their creative elements, so I bet that's good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're letting people sort of make their own stuff. Then hopefully they'll allow them to release those those dungeons that they've made, and everybody can have a go. Indeed, apart from me. Yes, uh, that sums up Nintendo's E3 conference. There were probably a few other little bits and pieces that I I've just passed me by or weren't that interesting, but those were the main points I think from that. That's awesome. That sounds like it was a pretty like hit conference from all accounts. It was. It was. It went down very well amongst the Nintendo fan base. Well, I hope if you're a fan of Nintendo, you enjoyed that and you got to hear whatever it is you wanted to hear. Moving on. Let's talk about the Ubisoft conference and maybe even just kind of bleed into the Square Enix stuff and the business. Let's just talk about the rest of E3. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just throw the rest of them together because between them all, they make for like 10 minutes of chat time. Yeah, that's what I mean. So... <laughs> The highlights we'll at least try and go into for from our points of view. Again, there's probably more than what we've covered on here. Again, if you want to talk, to talk about that, God, write in and tell us we've done something wrong or say, what, what about this? What did you think about this? If that's something you want us to discuss, go ahead and do that. But otherwise, we're just going to go with some of the stuff that we remember. Just dance. <laughs> just dance. That was the big one. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So um, Chris was heavily inspired by the Just Dance Dance. Dear God, Ubisoft, please stop. This is the 10th year yeah, I know. that they've made Just Dance. I know. The 10th year of ridiculous dance routines at E3. 
The thing is, though, it must sell. It has to be selling. It must do. And I, I did some research again. Bit of a wow. shock, I know. Wow. Uh, yes. It, apparently, it goes down very well uh, in sort of old people's homes and that kind of thing. As to sort of a keeping them up and fit and moving kind of deal. That's kind of a sweet thing. I was going to mock it for just a second then, but I was like, hang on a minute, I've got a grand that's in a home, and, you know, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I... No way <laughs> is she ever getting out of a chair to do just dance. No, no. I, I'm sure it would be hilarious to watch some of these things, but, yeah, just dance is still a thing and still relevant at the Ubisoft conference. And they, of course, went all out in an attempt to quite clearly create a meme out of themselves every time, as they do every year. Dear God, honestly, it's like a massive trip every time they do a Just Dance routine. Yeah, well, maybe I'll tell you what, Chris, maybe get yourself some Class A drugs next year and make it a bit more interesting. So That's probably a good idea. That might help me enjoy it. Exactly. Maybe you'll have a different a different opinion on it, for instance. <laughs> maybe I will, yes. Of course, just, just Dance was not the only thing that they showed and was certainly not was the not? best thing that they showed, <laughs> no. The one thing I, of course, remember, as you pointed out to me before the show, because it's the one thing most people took out of Ubisoft's conference, yeah. was Watch Dogs Legion, of course. Huge. We all knew this was coming because Amazon bloody leaked it. Yes. But it looks good. And you know what? A lot of the people that I've kind of been following on Twitter and seeing on YouTube that have played it have all come out. Here's the weird thing. The last two games haven't been the best, or they didn't reach the hype expectations that were set by Ubisoft. Is that fair to say? No, that's true. That's true enough, yeah. So, in like the second one, people were expecting, from my point of view, people have gone into both the first two games like expecting a lot and have been subsequently kind of let down, in a way. Yeah, yeah. The first one for me was a little bit drab and a little bit dark. The second one was a lot lighter in tone, and I actually, I don't know if I enjoyed playing it, but I still completed it. Oh, wow. That, well, maybe. You, I'm going to say you did. I am still playing it, believe it or not. I'm, really? Especially, yeah, it's, but well, following the E3 event as well, I'm kind of like, I want to play some Watch Dogs, and it's the nearest thing I've got. <laughs> so, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, anyway, kind of going beyond that. With this one... It seems to be very much the opposite in that people have gone in with low expectations because of the first two games, probably. That's fair. And and they're coming out like super impressed. It's coming out in March next year, as like we say, most things that announced at E3. This is the year of the 2020 this year. Yeah, pretty much. So it's out on March the 6th, 2020. The big gameplay quote-unquote hook that they seem to be touting on, at least one of the big ones, seems to be the fact that you can in this game enlist any character in the world to become part of DeadSec. You can be anybody. And they showed, like, in the demo, they showed you going from one guy who was clearly a, a stereotyped London brute who yes. consequently got killed. He did, yeah. Uh, and, and you kind of move from that to an old granny. Yeah, that was an interesting manoeuvre. There seems to be a influx of the, at least the Watchdogs community that are I, I was going to say dead set. I'm going to say dead sec. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead set on creating an army of grannies when this game comes out. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? Mm. It looks like a proper hardcore episode of EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, see, that's the thing. Like, could you, if you wanted, you could, could put the time into creating an all London posse. Yes, you could. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Because apparently, like all of the NPCs, well, they're not NPCs now. NPC meaning non-playable character. You can now play them, but they've all got their own traits. So everybody in the world has their own traits, their own backstory. And in fact, you have to play 
through a bit of each character's backstory to help them to recruit them, basically. Yeah, which looks pretty cool. It's an interesting concept. It's a cool way of introducing each character, yeah. It's a very cool way of bringing each character into the story. But think about it. If there's however many variants, that many variants has not only had to do you know, thousands worth of line of dialogue that are either identical or similar in some way, but they've also had to do all the cutscene dialogue, and it's like, that's insane. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of work. I'm, I'm interested. I'd be interested to see how they've done that technically. So I'm assuming this is something you're looking forward to. We're both pretty big Watch Dogs fans in general. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was one of the, it was probably the biggest highlight of the Ubisoft show for me. Without a yeah, doubt. For, yeah, yeah, for me too. And to be honest with you, I think it was for most people because the rest of it was crap. I don't know. John Bernthal's dog was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, no. I'm that, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, with regards to, let's, let's quickly move on to that then, the Ghost Recon breakpoint. Yes. Didn't sh- they showed like a five minute trailer. And amazingly, yes, it had the guy who plays the Punisher and he yes. came out on stage with hair, amazingly. Yeah. That kind of shocked me. <laughs> yeah, it's always a unique look for him, that. I know. Like, to the, it, it would be like turning up to yours and seeing you with a wig on. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible, though? It completely threw me, and I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> so, yes, it would. Do that, please, Chris. Next time, next time I see you. Other than that, though, all they did was show... They didn't show any gameplay. They did not, no. It was pretty much a, a very extensive trailer. Well, basically, it was one of them, it was, uh, I don't know, it was a bit stereotyped in some ways, you know, especially with these military type games where it's a general talking to his soldiers and trying to rally the troops and that kind of thing. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it plays any differently to the last Ghost Recon that we saw. I just wish I'd have seen more. Yeah. Because it sounds good, the fact that, like, we've got some details on this game, like the fact that. Whenever you get shot, it can like injure you and that will impact how you move and all sorts. It's like they're going in a different direction with this and it sounds really good, but I can't believe that E3, they sh- they didn't come out all guns blazing. No, no, they didn't. They didn't. This was their time. They did not take it. They did not. Was there anything else that Ubisoft showed off that you actually remember that was worthy of mention? There actually wasn't, you know. I think that was that was their main three big hitters. And I don't even I don't remember there being any little small games that that really stood out. Which says something, considering we went into just dance for about two minutes worth of discussion. Yes, I know. How weird is that? Incredible. Well, why don't we move quickly onto the Square Enix stuff? Because yeah, that, well, there wasn't a hell of a lot in there either. At least in my mind, I did watch some kind of gameplay highlights and some highlights of the conference itself. I haven't watched the entire conference from start to finish. There was the huge reveal from Square. Huge. There was. Are you talking about the one at the end? There was so much hype for Avengers. So much hype. And that's what they revealed, right? They showed us, yeah, they showed us snippets of gameplay and a little bit of... uh, So I'm guessing what will be the intro sequence to the entire game. I'm guessing so. Yeah, more details sort of leaked out after the the show as to how it will play and and sort of your role in it all so a a bunch of the people that i saw that initially gave comment on just the announcement were all they were all underwhelmed yeah which i'll be honest i was and in part it comes down to the fact that to be honest i didn't i think they could have done a better job at making it obvious that you were actually seeing gameplay in some way yeah they could they could have done because it looked like a trailer did look like yeah, it did look. It did all look like sort of a massive intro sequence, and 
there was no real sort of clue as to where it was going or what you were doing. You sort of flipped between characters. There was no real team play. And it didn't really give you a sense of like, you can kind of surmise or surmise or assume from this that you're able to play as any one of the Avengers heroes, right? But it's like, why didn't they just say, you know, yes. put on the screen, play as any Avengers here? It's like, just make it obvious for us. I've actually got a bit on this. Uh, the main campaign is only playable solo. Which I think is quite good. It's good, but it leads to a lot more questions. Is it, I, do you, obviously, you're not going to play as the entire team yourself. Do you just switch between characters at a certain point? Does it sort of flow? Is it a bit more linear? I reckon they'll probably allow you to either either select a character at the beginning of missions or whatever, yeah. and that adds to replayability because you can replay as every hero through the entire game, for instance, or yeah. um, like you say, you swap out kind of on the fly, or maybe both. Yeah. Maybe you play as one character through certain missions and then others are team missions where you've got the others with you and you can switch between them or something like that. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, they've got a fair while to work on it because, I mean, again, it's not out till next year. No. So who knows how it will turn out. I do think it, being a single player is a good thing because, like, God, if it was just a service game, like, oh, my God, no. I'm just sick of seeing service games now. <laughs> so I want an Avengers game yeah, we've had enough that of I can play that's awesome. And, it's, yeah, single player is the way to go. Yeah. Have a multiplayer component, which they have confirmed. They have. Absolutely. You can You can group up with a group of four others i think and play as the entirety so i think they're fulfilling both sides to that argument yeah how that will play out is a completely different matter as well so it's just one we're gonna have to watch that's for damn sure yeah what i will also say is that some again these people that kind of had the perception initially was that the gameplay was a bit dull or it looked it have also then gone into behind closed doors demonstrations that they've given off that actually show the game playing out properly yeah and people have then since come out and said they should have shown that at the conference because when I saw that, my faith was either restored or, you know, I had a little bit more of it as a result of seeing what the hell this game is all about. So with a bit of luck, like Cyberpunk, the gameplay footage that uh, CD Projekt Red has shown behind closed doors this year, hope both of these become public at some point so we can see them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. The only other thing that I recall from Square Enix's conference that was worthy of any note was the long-awaited and long-hyped Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yeah. They showed a decent piece of gameplay footage off. Yeah, it's looking really nice. It is indeed. It's going to be episodic, which we know. Yeah. But it's looking really good. Now, they've kind of made a little tweak to the way that combat moves, in, in that traditionally in Final Fantasy games, you enter a battle and your kind of characters are static, and then you kind of jump between turn-based gameplay, right, with each, with each character on your team and the person or persons that you're fighting. Yeah. In this game, they've switched it up in that it's all real time and you can kind of hack and slash like you would with any game. You press a button and something happens. So sword will, Cloud, excuse me, will swing his sword. Yeah. Or you then have the ability to still kind of go into that tactical overview and use special abilities as well. They're sort of catering for everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, they've just updated it, I suppose. It's it's a more modern spin. Yeah, they're using the, the new style of combat with the, yeah, with the old style of gameplay as well. I'm definitely going to pick this up. Still no release date, though. No. Which is disappointing no, is to a, a degree. Which is, yeah, it is. It is, but I'm betting on next year. I am, just because everything seems to be coming out next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, well, we'll see. December 2020. If I, I'll just write this down and I'll post it. <laughs> yeah. If the, if Final Fantasy turns up this year, I will be astounded. 
Mm, as will I. I will give everybody who tweets out me twenty pounds. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> right, I'm I'm going to leave it out there as it is. Chris <laughs> might owe a lot of money out at this rate. I'm certainly going to be tweeting him. I recommend you do. Sweet. Can you can you send my twenty pounds now? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'll need it back when it doesn't happen, though. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. It, well. Yeah. Fair enough. I was just trying to get a quick twenty quid if I'm honest with you. Is there anything else from Square Enix <laughs> yeah, that you think was worthy of a mention again? No, I don't think so. There was very little that was shown, to be honest. I think those were those were the main two. Anything else is sort of going under the radar, and we won't really pay attention until it hits. No, quite right. And we hope that we get some gameplay footage of the Avengers stuff, and yeah, a release date at least for one episode, the first episode of the Final Fantasy VII remake, because both of those look, do actually look really good and were worthy of the attention that they got at yes. week. Very quickly, what about Bethesda? Anything that they... I'll be honest, there's part of me that wonders why they showed up this year. No. <laughs> yeah. Why Why did Bethesda bother? Were they just bored? Nothing to do for like, a week. So, yeah, we'll just go and do E3, even though we've got absolutely nothing to show. But all this content for Fallout 76, which nobody is playing. Well, no. Al- Cheers, although they have just, it's literally just ended today, the 17th. They've had like a week's worth of free playtime on Yeah. Xbox and I had I actually jumped into it and got two achievements within did you ten minutes I I left the vault how was that for you it was all right um it was it wasn't I didn't have any problems connecting or anything like that I didn't see anybody either that's because nobody else is playing it uh, Dave has been playing it because he texted me to say Does that he? he's been yeah just I think it's just because the free play days have been on so I know that he's been just because it was free yeah yeah well that's why not right yeah I did fair. the same thing yeah, yeah. and it was it. It was all right. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. The, the thing is that the the DLC that they're adding is basically what people. <laughs> I'm going to phrase it like this to you. Go on. They're adding human characters again into the world, as well as spoken dialogue. Okay. So what they're doing is they're putting things that were in previous Fallout games that weren't in 76 back into 76. That's very good. How innovative of them. And it's free DLC, as you'd expect with this game. Good, I'd hope so. And there was some other stuff to do with their, their mobile game, the Scrolls game, that's just a microtransaction haven. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, there wasn't really much else. The two things that they didn't talk about, Elder Scrolls Six and what's their other space game? <laughs> their space game? You're expecting me to know Mass Effect? Surely not. N- what, no. Oh my God, dude. Come on. They've made a space game. Bethesda <laughs> Space Game. This was announced last year. Starfield or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, Starfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what was missing from the Ubisoft conference as well. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, that's, yeah, a very good point. Although... Considering we saw that at last year's E3, there was nothing this year. I actually watched uh, um, a Space Monkey stream. Have you ever watched uh, one of the Space Monkey streams that they've done? <laughs> no. The Space Monkey program is the official like, community feedback program for BG&E2. Okay. And because they're all, inc- it's been developed by Ubisoft Montreal, so it's all, they're all French, which is absolutely fantastic. But it, I absolutely love it whenever I watch one of these streams. They go, hello, the Space Monkeys. Thank you for tuning in to this, uh, this week. <laughs> We're going to be talking about it again. So it's, it's absolutely brilliant. You should check them out because they're really good streams. Okay. And they had one the week before E3, and they did say that they weren't going to be there. So, right, okay, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't anticipating that they would, but it is a bit of a shame that they weren't. That's fine. So, yeah, yeah, it is. Right, that's pretty much it. I think that's all we've got to cover for the news and discussion for this week. Unless there's anything else you want to add before we go on to Chris's corner, have you got anything? 
I don't think there's anything. I don't know. No, nothing at all. Bar, where have you been? What have you been doing? Why hasn't there been a podcast recently? That was pretty much it. Okay, well, yeah, to be honest, it's been a bit of an unusual week. So given the fact that we've got the bonus episode coming on, I'm not going to dump that on you. We can resume like pretty much normally as of next week. Plus, this has been a fairly fun-packed episode in terms of just the the stuff we covered from the conference itself. It's nice to have stuff to talk about properly. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the plugs then before we bugger off and leave everybody to it, shall we? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up? Are we missing my corner? I thought you weren't going to do it. No, yeah, I've got I've got some stuff. Okay, well, of course I've got some stuff. As well as researching the Nintendo E3 conference, I have stuff for my corner. Can you believe that? As well as all the stuff he's bequeathed to us within the news section, I think I used that word correctly. He's also taken the time out to do his corner. So let's give him a round of applause and move <laughs> on to that, shall we? It's time for Chris's corner. <laughs> no, I feel mildly patronised. Sorry. There's, well, the thing is, there was no way for me to sound it without sound. I wanted to say patriotic, but that's not the way you say That's not what you are <laughs> no, when you're patronising someone. No, that's not. That's not at all. Right, so, my corner. Here we go. Uh, it's looking more and more likely that The Last of Us 2 will hit us in February next year. Why do you say this? This is just more rumours and speculation, uh, because all the big hitters from Sony are sort of throughout the course of this year. Mainly Death Stranding hitting in November as it is, and that was originally the window that people were pitching for Last of Us 2. That is pretty much the only game that Sony have coming out this year, and it's at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't see them. They, obviously, they don't want to rush The Last of Us 2. We all know they've sort of finished mocapping it and doing all the... But clearly, there's still a fair bit to do. Otherwise, we'd have seen some more about it by now. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I, this isn't down to a leak or anything like that. This is just what people are... Uh, speculating yes yes this is mostly speculation and other bits and pieces that uh, obviously the internet puts stuff together and adds two and two together and occasionally comes up with five but sometimes they get it just right well you can claim it i suppose if it turns out that feb next year is the date you can say i call it we will see we will see if i got it right hope you are (laughs) that'd be nice wouldn't it me being right yes Considering it's your last name, and ironically, you are typically very wrong. I know, yeah. What are the chances? <laughs> 75% of the time, I would say. Yeah. Maybe a 70-30 split. That's being generous, but okay, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Ubisoft are, have announced a £540 Assassin's Creed statue. What? Yes, uh, I will send you the link to put in the show notes, uh, but this figure looks looks stunning. It really does. It's quite weighty. It's standing at 60 centimetres tall, uh, and the detail on it is pretty damn good. I'm going to want one. It'll be out in October. Uh, unfortunately, it will only be available in North and South America right now. Uh, Ubisoft are saying that we we don't deserve it. Ubisoft, if you're listening, this is a direct plea from a very long-time <laughs> Assassin's Creed fan. And I mean hardcore, dude. I've had every collector's edition. You you will be even more of a fan when you see this this little statue, I tell you. <sighs> Damn. Okay, well, yeah, be sure to send that over because... I will. I mean, for, for £580, you would expect, at very minimum, a lot of detail. It does look really nice. But if you're hardcore AC, then damn. Somebody gets one. Yeah, if you're hardcore AC, then then yeah, open your wallet, because uh, yeah, you're going to be spending a lot of money on this statue. 
If we've got anyone who makes a ton that fancies buying one for <laughs> Funky Gamer, yes. not me. No, clearly not just for you. No, just just for the team in general. Yeah, yeah, it would boost morale. We can we could like have it on a bi-weekly basis or something. Yeah, yeah. If you live in America and fancy spending that amount of money on us, do it. Then yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. Ricky will love you forever. Oh God, yeah. No sexual favors. <laughs> Uh, did I? I don't even know. Did I mention this next bit in the Microsoft Conference podcast that we did or not? I don't know. I'm going to go over it again just in case I didn't. Uh, right. Xbox Project Scarlet will have a disk drive. Uh, I, I think if you said it last week, it will have been in passing. So going into some detail on yeah. that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no. The, yeah, essentially, uh, Phil Spencer have come out and said uh, the Project Scarlet Xbox's new console will have a disk drive, and yeah, will well, that's pretty much it. It will have a disk drive. They are not abandoning physical media and going completely digital. No, I can guarantee you they will also release a diskless console version. You think? Just not right off the bat, surely? Well, what they did. The thing is, releasing. After the disaster that was the Xbox One launch, they couldn't have released a Xbox One then, hence why they've had to do it so late into the generation. Yeah, that's true. But now that that's a thing, it makes sense that they also do a SKU that has no disk drive and you save 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so we will, we'll see how that how that pans out, because obviously we, we saw some bits and pieces of the new console during the Microsoft conference in our other podcast. We went on about it extensively, so please give that a listen. Yeah, go listen to that. And here endeth my corner. Woohoo! Thank you very much. Asshole. You're welcome. There endeth your corner. Well, thank you very much, Chris. That's awesome, especially given the fact that you also did some more extensive research into the stuff that we discussed. I know, right? I'm impressed. I'm impressed. What can I say? For the first time ever, you have impressed me. I know. <laughs> I know. I have put a lot of work into this week's show. I will go back to normal next week and just do my bit. Please keep this up. It's massively helpful. And everybody <laughs> that is. listens will appreciate it. Please let him know. Anyway, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> that said, let's move on to the plugs before we wrap this one up, shall we? Plug Life. Okie dokie, as is a standard with our plugs, you can find everything that we're about to mention, plus a whole lot more in the show notes for this week, so go check that out. It's usually down below in your favourite podcasting thingamajigamy bob. Other than that, I will quickly plug the ways within which you can get in touch with us. First and foremost, encourage the Funky Gamer website, which I'm about to update this evening to be basically up to date, but you can use the contact form on there to submit any kind of feedback or questions for the podcast itself for the podcast itself so please go and check that out alternatively as always though you can contact us directly on twitter at funky gamer blog or one wordeth if you want to chat to us directly though you can do that you can hit me up at ricky james you might want to check the spelling on ricky down below and chris you can get in touch with him at x underscore cw we also have been continuing to live stream on mixer i've had a week off just down to some I'm going to say technical difficulties. I've been hacking my way through life, as it were. So in the last week, we haven't really done anything with the live streams, but we will be returning with that as of tomorrow, the day today, today, the, the day the podcast drops, we will be streaming as it is a Tuesday. So check us out over on Mixer. Uh, we stream Tuesdays and Fridays around eight, nine o'clock in the evening. That's British summertime, as well as posting any impromptu streams to Twitter. Hence why I think you should follow us on there. 
Also, it shows your support, of course. Do you know what else shows your support? As I always say, chuck in us a like or a follow on your respective audio platform, as well as a review if you're feeling awesome. It really does help with the algorithms and the discovery element of it. So as well as just us in general, it does a lot for our ego. Yeah, it makes us feel better. We know you really want to stroke that. Yeah. Because we love you for it. And of course, it costs you absolutely nothing, not a dime. You don't have to pay. And it's just, you know, 30 seconds of your time. It helps us out a hell of a lot. Once more, all of this stuff below, if you want to check that out, as well as things like Xbox, PlayStation, game tags, all those things, if you want to check them out in the show notes below. Chris, I'm out. I'm out. I've got one more thing. Wow. I think I'm going to pass out. I know. You've been incredibly blessed this week. I have indeed, and will be henceforth. I like I like to end on a massively positive note this week. Wow, really? Uh, a, good, a good thing happened in gaming this week. Okay. Uh, you know No Man's Sky? Yeah. The much-vaunted and hated game at launch. Uh, it, obviously, it's been patched and updated and, and now is actually workable and serviceable as a proper and decent game. Also, NPCs can poo. Yes, we mentioned that the other week. So, a bunch of fans of the game have purchased the billboard outside of uh, Hello Games headquarters and put a We Love You Guys notice on it. Oh, is it like, is it handmade? <laughs> no, it's got a, it's sort of a little emoji of a thing. I'll send you the link and you can put this up in the show notes as well because it's a pretty cool little thing. That's awesome. I'd love to have a look at that because I really can't imagine whatever the hell you're on about. Right? <laughs> I'm like, did they put a post you know, outside the building or something? Uh, they, uh, it's an actual proper full-on billboard. They bought it and put a massive poster just to say thank you, hello games. Oh, that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. You see, yeah, they're all they're all over the US as well. These massive billboards that you get between the interstates and stuff. And in the UK, you mainly find them in city centres and things like that. They're not really on the motorway over here or the highway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, chuck that over. I'll put it in the show notes for this week. I will. There is a couple of things that we'll be plugging down there. So by all means, check it out. Other than that, Chris, aside from the addition, thank you very much. Anything else that you really want to talk about? Yeah, I'm done. No, no I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely very much done. Me and you both. In which case, thanks very much for being here this week. Say goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, my friend. I knew you were going to do that because it's so <laughs> just completely predictable. Hey. Anyway, my name's Ricky James. Thanks for listening. This is episode 26 of the Funky Gamer podcast. And we'll speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>